to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. We're picking up in verse 4. So Colossians 2, verse 4, the title of the message here this morning is Don't Be Deceived. A few years ago, a little while back, I went to the grocery store and I bought some groceries. I guess that's what you do in a grocery store. But, um, and I bought some avocados. For some reason, I bought two bags of avocados. So I did that and I looked at my receipt and I was realizing something just didn't seem right. They didn't charge me enough. And so when I got to my car and I started you know, looking at my receipt, I realized instead of charging me for two bags of avocados, they only charged me for two avocados. So it was quite a you know, bit of difference. And so, but it was so funny in my mind, I, I started thinking about how like a few weeks before they forgot to deduct some of my coupons, you know? So I'm thinking, well, maybe that's just the Lord working this out for me. Or, <laughs> even though there was a lot more money that I got this time, you know? So it's just funny how our mind can play games and deception and we, we want to make it work. So the Holy Spirit kept convicting me, no, go back and give them the money back. And, and so the next day, I waited till the next day, I was busy, so I went back to the grocery store the next day and I, I told the, the gentleman the, uh, there at the, the store what happened and that you know I wanted to give the money back to you and I owe you this much. And he looked at me like, are you alien or something? Or, <laughs> and I says, well, why? He says, well, nobody comes to give us money. <laughs> we take you know, we, you know, nobody gives us return money. And then she's looking at me and it was a good thing because I was witnessing to him uh, before this and I was sharing Jesus with him whenever I could. And so I knew this gentleman and all, but now I believe he got to see Jesus. He got to see the work of the Holy Spirit. He, he got to see that, that Christians are different and we should be different. We should be people of truth. We're not to be deceivers and we're not to be deceived. God is a God of truth, and he wants us to, to live in truth and to walk in truth, even if it costs us. So with that being said, I know you're comfortable and all, but can you stand with me? And I just want to read a few verses here. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul the Apostle writing to the church there in Colossae says in verse 4, Now I say, oh, excuse me, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abound in it with thanksgiving. Lord, we just pray, speak to our hearts. Make these few verses Come alive to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated again. Thank you. So we've been looking at the fact that Paul the Apostle writes to this church in Colossae, actually to the believers in Colossae. He is in prison in Rome as he writes this letter, as we've been talking about. As far as we know, he's never visited Colossae and these believers We've talked about before that a man named Epaphras, he founded the church. He was supposedly, if we, you know, we read about 
this, that he was a convert of Paul the Apostle. And because he was a new convert, he shared his faith and people came to know Jesus. And through that, a church started. And that's, you know, that happens quite often. That's kind of, you know, what happened here at Sunset Beach. My sister shared with me back in Michigan. And then, you know, the Lord prompted me to come out here and I met my wife. And then we were at Calvary Costa Mesa. We were serving on staff. And then the Lord prompted us to to start a, a little work in Sunset Beach, teaching a Bible study. And then one by one, people came out to, to hear the Bible study. They came to know Jesus and they gave their life to Christ. And then family members came to Christ. And then they invited out their neighbors and their, their neighbors came and they gave their life to Christ. And, and then people just started sharing their faith. And then there we are, here we are, a church is here. But Paul, as he writes this letter, he's concerned He's concerned because false teachers were trying to get in. And, and, you know, we've been looking at that. The the Gnostic belief was trying to creep in. Uh, Legalism was trying to come in with the Jewish legalism that wanted to put uh, burdens on the people, telling them you need to be circumcised to be saved. You need to keep the law. You need to do all these things. So Paul is wishing he could be there in the flesh. He's wishing, but he's there in spirit. And he's saying, I'm there with you. I'm fighting this battle in the spiritual realm, but I want to write to you and warn you of some things. And so that's what we've been looking at. We've been looking at these little warnings. We've been looking at this wonderful writing, this letter that Paul writes. So I want to zone back in on verse 4. And he says, now this I say, lest anyone should, here it is, deceive you with persuasive words. Do you ever notice sometimes people have persuasive words, enticing words. You can even translate enticing words, but, you know, words that'll entice you, words that'll, you know, draw you in the way they want to draw you. And we have to be careful that the words that people tell us, they have to line up biblically if if it's something to do with God and the things of God, we have to be careful, beware, persuasive words. Some people are very good with words. You ever realize that? Some people are real good. And, but is it truth? The words that they're saying, is it true? And you know, when you hang out with someone long enough, you start figuring out if what they're saying to you is true. Because if you hang out with someone long enough, you start realizing, wait a second, wait, now that doesn't line up with what you said over here, Right? Then they're like, if they're, sometimes they're good liars. So they say, no, but I did this and did this and did this and did that. It's like, oh, okay. And then, but then again, they'll say, you know, they'll find them again, you know, manipulating or lying and and stuff like that. But when it comes to spiritual things, it's very important that that we don't fall for persuasive words. We enticing words that that lead us us astray from the simple teaching of the word of God. Amen. And so he's warning them. But, But it says, you notice it says, now this I say. Well, what did he say? Well, the only way we know is to go back to verse 3, right? So this is what he's talking about. He says, you're talking about Jesus Christ, he says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Jesus. And he's saying, remember, you know, what, I, what I'm saying to you is that in Jesus, if you want wisdom, if you want knowledge, everything, the treasure of it is found in Jesus. And if you recall, the reason why he's saying this is because the Gnostics were teaching something different. The, the Gnostics were teaching that you, needed to, you need to read their books and that it's hidden knowledge. And they said, well, what Paul has is good. That's a good start. But you need to have this knowledge that we have, this secret knowledge. And it was enticing. 
oh, you know, Paul, he can just give you the elementaries and he's just kind of a surface kind of a teacher. But if you really want the deep stuff of God, you need to listen to us and our books. And if, and if you recall, even that word hidden was the, the, the Greek word apocrypho, apocrypho. Don't you hate when your phone goes off like that? I don't know whose it is, but <laughs> it's Siri talking to us, okay? <laughs> I have a phone like that. Where I had it up here once, and if you swipe it a certain way, it reads everything that's on the front of your phone. Do you ever do that? I was at the pulpit once. It's I'm going, blah, 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 she's talking. I'm like, <laughs> I hate when that happens. So they're trying to get it shut off there. Just step on it. It works. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sorry about that. And Paul was like in their face because the, their knowledge, their hidden knowledge, they called it, you know, it's this apocrypho. It's a, it's a, it's a, a knowledge that we have from God and we, we have these writings. And if you, if you listen to our hidden knowledge and wisdom, this is how you're really saved. And Paul's like in your face and saying, no, 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 no. All the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge, it's all found in Jesus. And might I say that to everybody that's here? All the treasure of wisdom and knowledge is hidden and found in yes. Jesus. It hasn't changed. It's in Jesus. Everything we need is in Jesus. We're going to look at, I believe next week, you know, we're complete in him. We don't need these extra books that the Mormon faith will tell you you need. You need these books. You need the Book of Mormon. We don't need the book that the Jehovah's Witnesses tell us. We have to use these books to understand the deeper things of God. No, we don't. We need Jesus. And he's writing this to warn them. Notice it says, you know, back in, I can go back lest anyone should deceive you. Now this I say, that you, everything's found in Jesus, lest anyone should deceive you. So, so notice it says, lest anyone should deceive you. So uh, it, it's, as you read this, you're, the understanding is they're not being deceived yet. So he's saying, he's warning them, lest you be deceived. I understand you're walking in faith, you're walking in love, you're walking in truth, you're walking in Jesus, but this is just a warning. And it's a warning for us. I've found over the years that false teachers, they use, typically they use a lot of truth and they just kind of sandwich it in with a little lie. Did you ever notice that? They use all this truth, but they put in these little lies and, and we have to beware, we have to be careful. And even, you know, some that have walked with the Lord for a while, it's like they, they, they twist things. And usually when it's confusing, it's because it's not true. God is not an author of confusion. God's an author of peace. There's different things. Uh, there's these different sayings. They even kind of creep through this church and it, and it concerned me where it says that you become the word. And then I've even talked to the person that's doing it. It comes from, you know, one of these Todd White guys and stuff like that. And, and it says, well, you become the word. You become love. You, you become faith. And it's almost like you're, you become this person. And, but it's not true. We do not become the word of God. Jesus Christ is the word of God. And then they might even use this and say, well, we're living epistles. Yeah, well, you, well in context, so let's look at that. We're living epistles. What does that mean? It means that, that people can read us or they're going to see a difference because we're, our life has been changed. But we do not become the word. And that's just, you know, when I hear that and then they twist it and I've talked, I've even someone in this church, I've, you know, sat down and talked to this person about it. And it was just this whole thing. Well, you know, I believe what you believe. And it's like, well, this is what I believe. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And that's what I mean to say. And I'm like, no, the, the, then don't say these wrong words. Or how about this one? You're so valuable to God that, that heaven went bankrupt for you. 
That sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds great, but it's not true. Heaven did not go bankrupt. God the Father was always in heaven. They didn't go bankrupt. But what it is, is to say how much value you are to God. And that's good. We are very, you are valued to God. So much he sent his only son to die in your place for you, but he didn't bankrupt heaven for you. And you might say, well, pastor, they're just they're splitting hairs. No, it's not splitting hairs because when someone's teaching this as doctrine, it has to be corrected. It's wrong. It's wrong. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't listen to the deception. When, when you know, if you're, if you're not taking scripture with scripture, interpreting it with scripture, then we're going to be in trouble because you can take any verse out of the Bible and make it say what you think you want it to say. We have to be aware. It has to always line up with other scriptures. Amen. I was told years ago that those that are trained for recognizing counterfeit money, bank tellers or others that are trained in, in counterfeit, you know, detecting counterfeit money, that what they do is they have them handle the real thing, uh, dollar bills, 10, 20s, $100 bills. They have them just count it constantly and train. That's their training. Just count it, feel it, get to know it over and over and over and over. And you'd think that they would study the counterfeit, but no, they tell them, we want you to study the real thing. We want you to feel the real thing. And what they do is they have them count the real thing over and over and over, but then they slip a a phony in there. They slip, slip a counterfeit in there. And I'm told this, that as soon as they touch it, because they're so used to handling the real thing, as soon as they touch it, they're like, that's false. Because they're used to handling the real thing. Folks, if we're used to handling the real thing, the, the true word of God, we're going to notice it. We're going to be, wait, something's wrong. And have you ever done this before? I've done this before. Or I, I'm there and I'm, I'm, you know, in a Bible study or just talking to someone about the Lord. And all of a sudden they're talking and talking and they're like, well, something's wrong. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, that's confusing. It's like, but it sounds right. And then you're like, well, that sounds okay. Oh yeah, oh, that scripture. Oh, you're using that scripture. But, but what they're doing is they're using that scripture way out of context to try to prove their point. We handle the real thing, the real thing, the real thing, the real thing. That's why we stay in the Word of God. We stay in the Word of God. We stay in the Word of God. The warning goes out. I just read a story about a pastor who was concerned about an unsavory business that had opened up near, the, near a school. So the protest had finally led to a court case. And so the defense attorney was talking to the, the pastor and he was trying to make him look terrible and the defense attorney said to the pastor, Don't, doesn't the word pastor mean shepherd? And he said, well, yes, it does. And he says, then aren't you supposed to be taking care of the sheep? And quickly the pastor replied, yes, but today um, I'm fighting the wolves. <laughs> and that's part of being a pastor. It's not just tending the sheep. It's also fighting the wolves and, and not allowing the, the falseness to take place. It's important. Paul was aware of this. Paul said, lest you should be deceived. You're, you're not being deceived. A, but lest you be deceived, don't fall for their persuasive words. Don't listen to those words that sound so comforting. Beware. Before I was a Christian, I remember, way before I was a Christian, I remember a time, I, the group of guys I was hanging out with, you know, going to clubs and bars and hanging out and all, they, all, they wanted to go to Daytona Beach for spring break. And I was like, yeah, let's go. You know, so we, we had a group of guys. We went to Daytona Beach. We got a hotel room that we looked online. And then when we got there, I don't think they put the right hotel room online because it just wasn't the same place. But it was, that's a whole other story. 
But I remember just hanging out on the beaches and just, we were partying and doing crazy stuff. And this young man came up to me while I was standing there on the beach and this young man looked right through me, basically. And he said, God, he, first he started talking to me. We had a great conversation. We were talking about, I don't even remember what it was. And we just went back and forth with the conversation. And then he looked at me and he says, God knows what you're going through. He knows everything about you. He loves you. And he, know, he can help you. And all I remember about this man is I looked in his eyes and I knew he knew God. And it struck me. And he handed me a track and I just took the track. I walked away from him. I, I don't even remember what I even said to him, but I basically rejected what he was saying. I just walked away. And that night I was wrestling with my two good friends at the time. They were both way over 200 pounds big. We were all working out at, okay, use your imagination. I was working, I was about 200 pounds too. I was 198 pounds, believe it or not. So we were working out a lot, working out together and everything. So we were just wrestling around. Well, I found myself, I was down like on the ground. We had both of them on my back and I lifted them both up and then my back just popped. It went pop and I fell down. I couldn't stand up. My two friends lifted me up. They set me in the bed. And so I went to sleep thinking, wow, that's terrible. By morning, I'm going to feel great. I got up in the morning. I swung my feet around the bed. I went to stand up and I fell down like a rag doll. I couldn't walk. They called the ambulance, they called 911 and they took, the ambulance came, picked me up, rushed me to the hospital. The doctor did, they did their x-rays, they looked up, they showed me on the screen. I'll never forget the doctor was, this beach guy, his hair was like down to here. He's like, dude, he's like. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is scary, you know? So he's like, he's like, showing me the x-rays. He goes, like, uh, uh, you got a deformity, and that's, you know, in the lower back, and, you know, you were born this way, and you're missing this part here should be here, and, but, you know, so you damage that area there, and uh, so, I, you know, we'll, we'll just give you some, uh, some prescriptions and some painkillers, and we'll just send you on your way, and you know, it should in time, you should be okay, da, 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 da. I think, I don't know, dude, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, thanks. So I was concerned, I, I couldn't walk. Obviously, I can walk now, but, but I remember time just going by. I started getting a little better, a little better, just a little bit better day by day, and I was still going to the clubs, and the Lord just put this strongly in my heart, and I, I, I believe he wants me to share this story. And I was still going to the clubs, and I just remember just one time I was on this dance floor, and I was just dancing with this girl or whatever, and I was just dancing and trying to dance with all this pain, and I'm like, can't even move. I'm in so much pain, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I knew God was trying to get my attention. And he was getting my attention. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Why, you know, this is an empty existence and I'm just living for today and just partying and all this, this is just wrong. And I, and I knew that, I just remember, I'll never forget, I'm just standing on this dance floor thinking you know, I could barely move my back and I'm out here to just, what, to do what? What am I doing? And I'm coming against dancing or anything, I'm just saying my life was just terrible. So in my mind, not saved yet, I prayed once with my sister years ago as a young man, but never walked with God really. And so now I know a little bit about it. I believe that God is definitely trying to get my attention. He's trying to, to, to you know, call me out. 
So this is all going on. Listen to this. So in my mind, I'm just thinking, okay, well, you know, this one girl I kind of like, you know, and, you know, so maybe I'll just stick with her and just, you know, me and her will be together. That way I'm not doing this crazy stuff with every, you know, all that crazy. So I thought in my mind, it's like, this is right. And this is the way to go. And this is just being with one girl. And yeah, we're just going to live together. And all this is going to be, and that's God probably, he's going to honor this. And this is going to be good because I'm not sleeping around with all these other ones and all this. So this is a good thing. And so in my mind, and then I was talking to people that call themselves Christians, and I said, well, what do you think? I'm living with my girl and all this stuff. Oh, yeah, that's great. And it's honorable, isn't it? I'm not with, oh, that's, that's very honorable. So, but then my sister who loved Jesus, who was a Bible-believing, still is a Bible-believing woman of God that loves Jesus on fire for the Lord, she came to me and says, you know, what you're doing is wrong. God cannot bless that. And I got mad at her. I argued with her. I said, what are you talking about? It's not, you know, I'm just, at least I'm with one girl and I'm just, you know, and all this other. She says, no, but God cannot bless that. And I was calling myself a Christian. And she says, you call yourself a Christian, but it just doesn't equal out. I was so mad at her and I got so upset, but I'm so glad she told me the truth. Shortly after that, it wasn't long after that, I I prayed, I received Christ. My sister prayed with me. I I gave my life to Christ. And guess what? By the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I knew right away that was wrong. And we broke that up right away. And that, you know, that was wrong what was going on. And God cleansed me and forgave me and set me free. and, 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 And he did a wonderful work. And as I went through the word of God, I realized that, you know, yeah, sex outside of marriage is wrong. And, and it's just the deception was just coming out and lies were being dispelled and truth came in. Don't be deceived. Don't be self-deceived. Don't think it's okay because you think it's okay. What does God say? What does God's word say? Deception's real. I was living in a very deceptive world, but I am so thankful that I had people in my life that told me the truth. And as you know, the scripture, it says you'll know the truth and the truth will. Amen? All right. As we talk about deception, I really believe the Lord wanted me to share that for somebody here today. I don't know who. As we talk about deception, one of the big deceptions I believe many Christians fall into are being too busy for the things of God, caught up with the things of this world. Lord, help us. In Galatians 6, 7, he says, do not be, as we're talking about deceived, do not be, can we say it together? Deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So what we sow, we're going to reap. If we sow uh, spiritual things, we're going to reap. What you're doing today, you're sowing spiritual things. You're going to reap. When you get to heaven, this is going to count for all eternity by being in the Word and spending time in the Word of God. And if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap everlasting life. You're going to reap good things. But But it goes on to say, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap. Can we say it together? Corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So when we sow to the Spirit, it's going to be good. We're going to reap forever. But when we sow to the flesh and the fleshly things, we're going to reap corruption. Don't be deceived. Paul's talking to the church there in, in Colossae, saying, don't be deceived with these false teachers. And Paul's saying to the church there in Galatia, don't be deceived with thinking that if you keep sowing to your flesh, like, oh, I'm a spiritual person. You can't be spiritual. Don't be deceived. Don't be self-deceived. Next verse in our text. 
For though I am absent in the flesh, Paul says, talking to the church there, the the believers in Colossae, though I'm absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So Paul's saying, I might not be there physically right now, but I'm there spiritually. I'm praying for you. I'm battling for you. I'm going to war for you in the spiritual realm. I think about my sister again. That's what she did for me. I was at Daytona Beach. Guess what? She was praying. Guess what? The guy that came walking up to me, most likely an answer to my sister's prayer. She wasn't there in the flesh, but she was there spiritually saying, Lord, be with my brother. Lord, please do something. Please send somebody. And boom, we can be there in the spirit for other people. You have family members that don't know Jesus? Pray for them. Go to battle. Do you have friends that don't know Jesus? Go to battle. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.